0: You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM, and we're here to answer your legal questions, talk about legal issues, uh, current things, old things, whatever. Uh, we know that people want to know about the law. and Inquiring minds want to know. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, we're here every Tuesday, and you can also download the podcast tomorrow uh, from uh, Google Play, no, yeah, Google Play or iTunes. I just
2: everybody to YouTube, Google YouTube and yeah, you our show. Yeah, you can YouTube it. Uh, and then watch it that way. hmm Got some good information. And today, in addition to the other things that we're going to cover with uh, an update on the criminal law, we're going to have a Texas gun law, uh, m- uh, not a multiple choice, but quiz and our station producer, manager, owner, Dick, is going to help us. And um, a lot of these questions are pretty tricky. Is, it, is do, do you know your Texas gun law right? So, yeah. Well, very few
1: people do, I think. You know, they just get confused. We're going to learn and... them
2: today because Texans,
1: particularly people in Montgomery County, must know. Right. Okay, good. Good. So, Tony, there was this case, Flowers v. Mississippi. Um, before we get to that, we were
2: talking before the show about, about our... Uh, a historic event that that took place and we were talking about juries and this case has everything to do with juries that's what this is about and we were discussing and sort of in a, 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 a giddy delight reminiscing about our victory um about uh, how it when a, i was just saying that when you have a, a jury pool that generally people are pretty fair if they showed up for jury duty they're um you know, I think they're open-minded. They're they're civically-minded. They didn't try to get out of it. And right. They should be kind of fair. And we were talking about how I believed that times they have a change. This isn't like like the old movies, like back in in uh, uh, like uh, Twelve Angry Men and was all you know, white. All the movies all where it was all white men. And if you were you know they've made a gazillion movies about it where the the poor uh, black guy or uh, you know minority person uh, was uh, improperly convicted because yeah. of jur- prosecutor misconduct or because of where they lived, and I was like, well, you know, things have kind of changed a little bit, and uh, I was thinking about our own juries here, but that brought up where you were telling me that things didn't completely change, and we're talking about gender here more than, um, I think, a a racial issue, but, but, uh, so what uh, we have, I, I could you take off from there, what, what did you observe that I didn't observe when we were picking a jury for uh, our assault case over here.
1: Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was a case we went to. Actually went to trial. I think mm-hmm. this was what two years ago, two and a half years ago. It was a while
2: back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I was just like, "Hody do no, it's just a little trial. I'm working on a brief. I'll be there with you for a minute. No big deal.
1: I'll leave." It was my client, and Tony was helping me. Thank God she showed up <laughs> to help me pick a Give jury. Me all that credit. I'm loving it. <laughs> and, and it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Me and yeah.
2: Uh, Harry Potter. She needs her. <laughs> she needs credit on her birthday. And Stephanie. Stephanie Seymour, that Victoria's Secret model, the only two people that share my birthday. But also Amanda Lyles, uh, Barbara Trotter, and um, uh, I have a whole bunch of friends of mine that share a birthday with me. That's oh, not the craziest thing, yeah. but no celebrities. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So anyway, I had this client, um, and it was the weirdest thing. You know, they wouldn't, he and his wife had gotten into a fight. She mm-hmm. uh, found some dirty pictures. They were separated, and mm-hmm. she found a picture she didn't like on mm-hmm. his phone, mm-hmm. and so uh she assaults him. You know, she throws the phone at him Mm -hmm, in the middle mm -hmm. of the night and stuff. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. they're separated, living in the same house Mm -hmm. but in different rooms. Now they are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now they're divorced. But, uh, so anyway... um, they the so they charged him with domestic violence mm-hmm. and assault and all that stuff, and they wouldn't drop the charges. They wouldn't, you know, the case went from one prosecutor to another. This yeah, was the McGovern. They can't County. drop
2: the charges well, if it looks like there might be probable cause. I don't so. mean
1: drop the charges. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't give him anything he could agree to. Nothing.
2: Okay. And he didn't have a prior criminal record, Nothing. right? So he couldn't get. They didn't offer pretrial intervention or anything. Nothing.
1: They wouldn't offer him anything, wow. and it went from one I prosecutor to another to another. Mm. So finally, we find out, You know, we couldn't figure it out. What is going on? Why won't they even talk to me? Mm-hmm. So we went to trial uh-huh. because he couldn't agree. Yeah, they, you, well, you, you have
2: to if they're not. Gonna yeah. Be, if, particularly if there's a good uh, explanation for why this this. Fight took place exactly and that reminds me I think that when you're in a situation where you're just dating and you want to test the disposition of your uh, your spouse and I think maybe you even did this uh, station manager dick I'm not sure but I'm I'm suggesting it just kind of it's just kind of out there but I was thinking about it just now that maybe guys or girls should put a phony picture of something on their phone to test the response of their potential uh, spouse because uh, if it's particularly if it's it's completely innocent, like it was a test. And you did this with your wife, right? You put some phoney pictures of Victoria's Secret oh, models. Oh, sure you did. You know, on your no, phone. She so she thought and that. then you got to see if she would trust you when you tell her that this was all a mistake. But that reaction is very important. It really this is. This girl went crazy. She, she went, went crazy. just loony. Mm-hmm. And because of something that could have been maybe it was maybe he he it was legitimate or maybe it wasn't, but they needed to sit down and talk about it and work through that like you do with all obstacles that are created in life for you to grow from them. And, Man, he should have done that before they got married. That girl was a great liar. She was crazy. She was was out to destroy him over something that was.
1: I think, as as I recall, it was just innocent. Uh, We remember Tony. We called the case the Fatal Attraction case. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they the prosecution wouldn't drop it. Wouldn't drop. Wouldn't give him anything that Mm -hmm. he could plead to. Mm -hmm. I I mean, lower it. They wouldn't do anything. Reduce the charge. Something. They weren't working with you. They wanted to go to trial. They Uh, wanted to go to trial. So Mm -hmm. we ended up going to trial, Mm -hmm. and Tony showed up. God to help me. I was just going to stop
2: in and be like, here the. Here, I'll tell. I was just going to be your eyes. So Every, when you
1: pick a jury, you always need a second set of eyes to look. Right. At, anybody
2: hates you out there because you're too busy with your paperwork.
1: Right. And and asking questions and interacting. And with that helps because you've got potential you just like
2: because they remind you of. It could be your client, are you? Some juror may see you, and somebody there is reminding them of, of historically, which is why you have voir dire, and you can tell they don't like you. Right. But maybe you can't tell, but they're making the roll in your eyes when you're not looking. Right. But that person sitting next to you is <laughs> watching. I will grab somebody out in the hall. Can you make mm-hmm. a jury with me?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we were asking questions to see if they were biased and all of that. Mm-hmm. You can vet those guys out mm-hmm. if they're biased based on certain Mm-hmm. factors. And uh we asked this one question. Finally, at the very end, Tony said, okay,
2: because the judge said, do you have any more questions? And I was looking, I thought, we just don't have enough here. And I was looking at all the responses we got. And I thought... And we
1: wanted, this is important, we wanted some men on the jury.
2: We wanted all men. Because yeah. We thought men would identify with this crazy fatal yeah. attraction gal. We thought they would help us. Yeah. And I thought, but we need to, add, and I knew this. And, and it was because I had done a bunch of assault cases. And I thought we've got to ask this question. We have no idea in conservative Montgomery County right um, with this particular jury pool how they're going to react to this even though we know the girl was Looney Tunes she was a great actress. She we was. had no idea how were, our guy was going to come across because he was a little bit nervous. Of course, he was he being was, He was, he being was falsely very nervous, accused. right? Well, he wasn't being falsely accused. He, was, he did have some bad pictures on the phone or something that wasn't happening.
1: Well, ha- but that's completely but different, different than, than not being tried for strangulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and so we asked this question, who of you, at the very end, who of you thinks it's wrong under any circumstance for a man to hit a woman? Yeah. And every man in the in the every whole voir dire pool raised their hands. We couldn't And Tony it. and I just looked at each other. And like, that was oh. we had to
2: fight for that question because the uh, the, uh, the prosecutors were like objection, objection. And they were finding every reason in the book not for us to ask that question. Yeah. And I thought. That's, it's just like everything else in life. That's the question you know you were supposed to ask. Right. Like, I was just telling you this morning before we got here, I had asked for opposing counsel on one of my many cases that, you know, I'm working on for, to grant me, um, I was asking them to, to, to allow a motion to go in unopposed so we wouldn't have to argue about it before the court, and, um, I thought for sure they're going to grant this because obviously it, I'm going to get this. It's the first time I've asked for it for, you know, a continuance. And the, the judge is not going to say no. It's just going to be a waste of money. And I was stunned when I got like five days later an email saying just a little short little quip saying we we're opposed. And I'm like, and immediately I was like, ah, I was doing the the victory dance. I thought we have won. I mean, they, I know that because that reaction was so out of nowhere when I'm going to be on you know. It, for all the reasons that they should have granted this. They right. should have they should have just said we're not opposed to it. And then I had this feeling of yes. So sometimes no is good. Right. You want that no because it lets you know what's yeah, going so on. So
1: the prosecutors were fighting us. Um, and then we got our question out and there. And then we got our question oh. out there. Every man raised his hand. Tony and I just went, oh. Stunned. No. Stunned. <laughs> and so we got an all-woman jury where my client was the only guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it
2: was because the he, court was all-women. He
1: was the only guy in the room, an all-woman <laughs> a lot jury. A estrogen That's yeah. charged. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got a unanimous, not guilty verdict on that. And the women of the jury told Were us fair. after the fact, they said
2: that... They were kind of wavering on it. A but, couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And But then when they saw the facts as we presented them. But um, I, I forgot who told us this. Um I don't know. If it wasn't the people that that stayed around and watched. that wasn't on the jury. One of the guys, but they said they absolutely would have convicted. Under no circumstances would they have allowed a man to touch a woman, put her hands on her, for anything. And this woman had to have. She, well, first of all, she it bruises. didn't even happen. She had she bruises, made it up.
1: But he had bruises too. And, she and made those them women, up.
2: She did. And those women, I remember. They did not. Cor- <coughs> they did not correlate to what she said happened. She was lying.
1: Yeah, she was lying. But I remember when we got all women. Um, my client's family was freaking out. How could you let this happen? We <laughs> don't want women on the jury. I was like, listen, guys, you need to trust them. I loved that They have. To. I do, too. I love that oh, After
2: I got to talking with them, I am like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm so glad I helped you because they, they were people that helped me on some things I was doing later. Yeah. You
1: never know. But but I told them those women have fathers. They have husbands. Mm-hmm. They have sons. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid. They're trying to do. They're smart. Yeah. They're yeah. going to listen, and they care. But they also
2: are well-trained because these men were like, you never touch a woman. But- Women lie. These bad women that, that lie about assaults because they're mad, they're vengeful, <laughs> there's a retribution. How dare you do this? Well, she
1: was trying to get back together with him, and he wasn't getting yeah, back he, she, together Yeah, she wanted her. to, so she's she was doing back. the
2: fatal attraction. She was yeah. pretending like it happened to sort of blackmail him into marriage, keep staying married and having a baby with her. We have sex, we have a baby, um, and then I will drop these charges. That's reverse, you know, discrimination. It happens a lot, too. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about that ago because the case that we're going to talk about today had to do with this jury one. selection. And that's – I can't emphasize enough people that go to trial and do go to trial. If, you, if, if you're if you not guilty, go to trial. If you're not guilty and you feel like there's some question about how the jury's going to feel or you just don't have the money, you don't have the energy, it doesn't mean enough to you for all the litany of reasons that you don't go to trial – then, yeah, uh, uh, do something else. But trial is there. It's in our Constitution for you to get justice. And a lot of times you don't. The justice system is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't. And sometimes it's because it's a question you didn't ask. Yeah. And sometimes it's a question you ask too many. But what's going on? Well, what's well listen
1: to this. This is Flowers versus Mississippi, June 21, 2019, most recent decision. In 1996, this guy Curtis Flowers, a black man, was accused of killing four people in a furniture store in Winona, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He had been tried six separate times before a jury for murder by the same white prosecutor six separate trials Uh Mm uh-huh uh flowers was convicted in the first three trials but those convictions were all overturned by the mississippi supreme court due to prosecutorial misconduct Mm -hmm. and racial discrimination against black prospective jurors in the jury process selection which is crazy because i didn't think that was still that prevalent but i guess it is Well, in Mississippi, but yeah, no, it is, it is. And also, I mean, I'm just gonna throw this in quickly, if you want a good jury, make sure that you have black people on it and make sure you have women on it. Mm-hmm. Those are the best. Yes, it's yeah. so true. The, the, the more people balanced, you least
2: expect. Yes. Yeah. So the true. more balanced
1: a jury is, the better. I just mean you still have to vet them out. Result. You still have to
2: ask them questions about as has happened to you before and get their experience. You're married to a police officer and all those things that go with it. But uh, um, but yeah, and you never can tell. And that would be if, if before law school, before I even, you know, started doing jury trials and what have you, I would have guessed that.
1: Well, I think they're just fair. I think they know what it's like to be victimized, Mm -hmm. and and they listen. You you do have to have somebody that has a similar
2: experience to your client. The problem is a lot of times you've got a client who truly is a felon, and you can't get felons on your jury, and we're never going to let that happen, (laughs) even though we've got all the liberals that run it right now up in Washington.
1: That's so true. Okay, so listen. Flowers' fourth and fifth trials ended in mistrials due to hung juries, Mm -hmm. okay? So, I mean, there's something going on here with Uh these facts, uh right? Uh, or with what he did. Uh-huh. In the, his sixth trial, Flower was convicted and sentenced to death, but appealed to the Mississippi Supreme Court, arguing that the state violated Batson v. Kentucky uh-huh. in exercising peremptory strikes. That's what uh-huh. we are right. we you know talking about. Peremptory strikes against black... And those
2: are those strikes that you get that are just, you get to have them no matter what. No matter it can't what. can't be for racial or discriminatory purposes. It has to be a strike for any other reason. Just any other mm-hmm. reason. Yeah.
1: Exercising peremptory strikes against black prospective jurors, the Mississippi Supreme Court affirmed the conviction in a narrow five to four decision. But the case eventually made its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Right, because has, that is a good question. I mean, it's a law school question. You're—they
2: tell you your peremptory strikes are anything, anything, anything. You can just get rid of the first three if it's a misdemeanor, or the first six, or whatever. But um, but, and then you can actually—I didn't know if you knew this—but you can actually get more of those if you argue. Uh, like how the sides are aligned, but but you can get there. You can play around with it, and you get a lot. Like but, if you've got three
1: defendants, right, and, right. But yeah.
2: I I had always thought that uh, peremptory strikes allowed you to. Just take them right off the top for any reason, but Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. And you're going to tell us about
1: it. In a 72 ruling, the Supreme Court on June 21, June 21st, the court reversed the conviction, concluding that the white prosecutor who handled the case from the beginning had violated Flowers' constitutional rights by intentionally removing African Americans from the jury in the sixth trial in 2010. In all of Flowers' trials combined... Man, they just wouldn't let him go, right? In all <laughs> yeah, the Flowers trials it. combined, the effort to rid the jury of black individuals strongly suggests that the state wanted to try Flowers before a jury with as few with as few black jurors as possible. Yeah, but how did
2: they get rid of? Uh, how were they able to prove that? Because if you were to put the prosecutor on voir uh, Dyer, he's going to say no. Is a pattern,
1: you know, Tony? You go back and show it with the pattern. Oh, the pattern. But for this listen one. Yeah, to what Brett guess, Kavanaugh said. This is what Brett Kavanaugh said. I already read part of it. The state's relentless, determined effort to rid the jury of black individuals strongly suggests that the state wanted to try flowers before a jury with as few black jurors as possible and ideally before an all-white jury. I mean, that's but like you know what? If They hadn't tried archaic. it six times.
2: They would have. They've been. A, they've been fine. But yeah, that's. A, you said the first three were convictions. The next three were hung, and the last they were one was overturned.
1: There were convictions. I there think there's a lot
2: of evidence supporting this guy might have been guilty.
1: <laughs> or the opposite. But are they going back again? What happened? I know they just overturned it. So they overturned. It doesn't it. say going, what means they he's going back actually for seven. did. Uh, I hope not. It's going back. Yes, they're not letting this go. They already did that. They've tried it so many times. They know that all the facts by the back of their hand. But it went all the way up to the Second I mean, Circuit. That match. prosecutor should be embarrassed and humiliated. You know
2: what? I know a lot of prosecutors and I, they are rarely embarrassed or humiliated. They, yeah, for some reason kidding. they're they're like we're they're doing it. we are going to get justice no matter what it takes. And if we have to go with seven times and I guarantee that's going back again.
1: Really? Yes. Oh, but you know what? We
2: are going to follow up on that case and find out what the facts were. Yeah. That's, that sounds kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Okay, so Dick was saying that we are going to have to take a break.
1: Okay. All right. Well, okay, guys, we'll be right back. We're just kind of talking about some Supreme Court cases, and we're going to get to some gun law. We'll be right back after the break, The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl.
0: Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This Divorce Workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this Divorce Workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900.
1: to take your first step into the radio world. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, President of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5 106.1. 106.1. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country and put a pinch of red dirt and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on condos 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids removed from their home because of abuse and neglect. And we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit Costaspeaksforkids.com. That's CostaSpeaksforkids.com.
2: Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video.
0: Hey, guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash tts. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in an environmentally sound way. Find out more online at pathoftheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
1: Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are here talking about all different sorts of things. Um, You know, Tony, I don't know if I told you this. I think we did, but that uh, CBD oil is legalized. Uh Somebody said that came straight from the top. That came from Trump. But House Bill 1325 legalizes hemp production, as you know. We talked about that on the last show. Yeah, Uh but the CBD oil products. And so now, you know, my daughter went to the dog show in Uh downtown Houston Uh on... um, sunday uh-huh. and they were selling cbd oil with uh, uh but what
2: i forgot cbd it's oil got is the THC. Stuff that's legal
1: now right? yeah yeah it's got thc in it interesting well it's just like it's just like when you go buy your i guess
2: your paint cans at home depot and they still card you even though you're uh you know elderly <laughs> you can't be over do they really <laughs> yes well they don't card you card you because it's just like you know be if they can identify that you are higher than the age without any question they're not going to ask you for your, you know, your driver's license, but, but, uh, anyway, um, all right, so, uh, the hemp, you were, t- uh, you had a, an interesting thing you told me about court, you're in court last weekend. Oh, yeah, you're about. some attorneys
1: were talking. Yeah, so,
2: t- I'll tell our listeners about that, I
1: thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, um. That's our word today, interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, um, now, because of hemp production has been legalized, we've mm-hmm. talked about it for the last two shows, mm-hmm. because it's been legalized, now, uh, They have to test marijuana to see how much hemp is in it. Mm -hmm. And before, with these minor cases, like two ounces or less, minor possession cases, uh, they just kind of assumed. Mm -hmm. And uh, now people are saying, wait, I don't know. It doesn't have that much THC. That's legal. Um, This attorney was saying there's not a lab in the state that does that kind of testing. Remember Dick we were talking about Ligon and what you'd said about him mm-hmm. and then after I think during the break it came up as how much money does the state spend on testing mm-hmm. marijuana for its level of THC everything to for see that if matter. it's hemp yeah right mm-hmm. to see if it's hemp or it's actual marijuana mm-hmm. and this attorney was saying that there's not a lab in this state that actually tests for that. And then I was watching the news, and it said that now, because of that, Harris County is dropping all the... Uh, is that why, though? Because of
2: testing cost? I, did, I didn't think that was the reason why. I thought yeah. they were dropping.
0: You know, what's funny is we have an officer show called uh-huh. Crime Scene uh, Today. Uh-huh. And the they were talking more about homicides and rape kits, but I asked about the whole testing uh-huh. world we are, of, we are of the officers. the uh, oh, yeah. place to
2: go. Good. And
0: <laughs> what I gathered from Knowledge. them saying that depending on the severity of the charge, there's only certain places that are in the state of Texas that will allow it to be processed to be presented in a court of law. That makes sense. So you can't go, like, for example, for a rape kit or a THC kit and all those things, you can't just go to the, the local tester, uh-huh. and then like bring that evidence labs. into court. It, like has be, Lab, it has to be like Montgomery County
2: Crime Lab. They would have
0: to be an authorized, and especially depending on the level of charge. That's why everything is shipped to the state of Texas oh, or to okay. like Austin to do it, and the, the state has to pr- approve it. Oh, okay. that then, does make sense. And that's why... It's almost
2: like when we were talking about the uh, when the when for DWIs and when the officer wants to get a warrant yeah, and mm-hmm. they won't get a warrant during the week anymore for misdemeanors uh, uh, because it's just not cost-effective. Too many of the prosecutors were asking for but the same thing. It was a cost-weighing uh, uh, deal. But it, <laughs>
0: it was interesting to learn the the A to Z of the process because of the costs and mm-hmm. because of the time. That
2: makes perfect sense and because we're like, everybody's going to be dragging uh, hemp quote hemp around and it's really marijuana. Um, but I would think that there's going to, it's going to, there would have to be some rationale behind uh, this particular, and we're going to have uh, Representative representative talk about that. The, uh, this, this house bill they passed so that they're not testing, but you were saying that they can't test it. So if they can't test it, that means you could drive around
1: with... Well, it's just marijuana. created... It's like we were talking about on our last show. It's created this huge problem. And so I saw in the news that Harris County is dropping those cases. And I think that's why they're dropping them. I think they're dropping it because they have a program where if you do the
2: pre-trial intervention for pot... Because they had way too many people. Everybody in the world, apparently... Well, not everybody, but a majority of people that were being stopped had marijuana in their car. And they were being... Hauled into court, yeah, uh, and was arrested. A bond. They couldn't afford the bond. They were all, you know, too young for whatever reason it was. They had enough money to get pot, but not a bond. <laughs> and um, and they were they were clogging our system up on something that was so minor and legal in a number of states that for the amount that they were be- they were be- being charged with, and I had a lot of clients who were being charged with like nothing. It would just wreck all of my cases because I'm like, why did you have pot? Could
1: Tony, you just- the docket uh, the other day, there were 120 people on the docket in a court I was in here in Montgomery County, uh-huh. seventy. Percent of marijuana, yeah, possession, Mm -hmm. minor. I mean, like less than two percent. Right, right, right. I mean, the problem is
2: that's really clogging Harris County, and so they came up with this plan that. that we're going to do a different program. If you have less than two ounces, then the, you don't—you won't even be arrested. You will be, um, this is like two or three years ago, I don't think it's changed though. Um, you will go, uh, but you have to show up for court, and they're going to put you into a program. And The program has a bunch of fees involved with it. Well, see, that's what bothers me. That's But, what bothers but that's like me. the pre-judge intervention. If you screw up on this program, and everybody that's smoking pot apparently cannot do this program. Well, yeah, because uh, they then want they're, to put they're smoking adjudicated pot. guilty of having pot. Oh, yeah. Now they've got a drug charge because they can't follow the rules. Right.
1: That's not right. I think that's wrong. But that's the, the, I wrong. think that's
2: what's going on with this. They're like, Changing it so that you can do this plan. Okay,
1: so, so you're thinking that they really didn't just dismiss it. No, they just oh, entered. No. In the, it. yeah. It,
2: otherwise, they'd be legalizing pot over in Harris County. and They're not going to do it.
1: <coughs> well, you know, no, I was talking to my son about money. This. It's money was, generating. That's what my son and money was Money saving. Yeah. Yes. My son Samuel. He was saying Resources. the problem is he was listening to somebody talk a couple of years ago, and it's it's a money generating thing. Yeah, if we need no to get somebody way. over
2: from Harris County or Montgomery County that can actually talk to us, and we'll have him on our show to say what. What the, from from because we're just guessing here, but it, that's logically what it is. Oh, to we're tell not us guessing. What the logic would <laughs> tell us? What the actual? You know, m- maybe even um, the Agrob revenue. Or, uh, the revenue, Mr. Ligan. L- 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 yeah, the, to, to find out why they do that and, that and what their process is on something really small like that—the two percent, uh, uh, two ounces or less of marijuana—because that is so prevalent and it does clog our systems up, and it is a money generator for attorneys. But but it's uh, well, Tony.
1: Listen, I have a client who. Uh, was driving down the road, pulled over. I may have talked about him last week. Mm-hmm. Pulled over because he wasn't using his blinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the cop comes up and says, "Wait, I smell marijuana. Get out of the car." <laughs> she arrests the guy. <laughs> they he, always say they smell it. He goes to jail. I wish we could she finds, smells. yeah, she finds this uh, tiny amount, like the size of a quarter, uh-huh. of marijuana in his center Which probably she couldn't smell obviously. center console. So as a result of mm-hmm. that, the guy gets arrested, goes to jail, has to get an attorney. I didn't charge him hardly anything cuz I mm-hmm. felt sorry mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Uh he's so the their offer mm-hmm. is 9 month deferred adjudication, $600 court costs. $600 dollars fines. No, it's not. No, it's not. I went round and round with this girl. Mm-hmm. Uh $600 fine, uh 2 to $400 court costs. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see, DOEP class, 16 hours, 24 wow. hours of community service. We do not, like pot smokers here in Montgomery County, do not do it. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> pot, pot if, if 90%, 80% of your kids are smoking pot, mm-hmm. then, then those laws have made 80% of those kids criminals. Mm-hmm. They need to change those laws yeah. because that's not right. I, it isn't right. And I, I don't smoke pot and stuff like that. But anything that criminalizes the majority of your citizens is yeah. a bad law. It's a bad
2: law. It's hard for I, I'm doing very few um, pot cases these days. I don't, I'm doing a lot more immigration cases, which that's a good segue from an immigration case because um, I'm just briefly going to talk about my experience in immigration court. And when I um, do uh, t- cases for other types of. Um, Charges in crimes, it, also civil, uh, different cases. You can actually go in the court and you can watch and um, and kind of see how the court behaves, and you can you can listen to the judge coming down with what their sentence is if there's an agreed, uh, you know. If are you,
1: the, are you ta- were you over at the new center in Montgomery County? Here? Yes,
2: uh, but it's it's the same in all of them, even when it was the older one. But it, this is just uh, it, it, I'm doing because there's so much more immigration. Uh, there's so many more immigration cases available because it's up here in Conroe. And, uh, you know, I'll pick up and I'll do some for some of my my Houston uh, attorney immigration friends just to do their bond hearings and what have you. Uh, You get a a lot more exposure if that's not what you do as your primary um, uh, line of of practice. And so um, the, the, the problem with the immigration law is you can't watch the hearings because it is so crowded. There is so many immigration hearings going on. And immigration bond hearings and their their master hearings, you they you don't get a court appointed because I think we talked about this before. It's not considered criminal, even though you they broke the law coming over or whatever the reason is they're there. Um, it's it doesn't fall into the, the the gambit or under the umbrella of being criminal. And so you don't get a court appointed attorney. You're on your own if you want to stay in this country and you're not here legally and you're at one of those bond oh, wow. hearings. And really? um, and you can imagine there are so many oh, yeah. people that are going to get this hearing. And they're getting a hearing because they got picked up <coughs> for something else. It's not people like, oh, I crossed the border. And, what did they and, get picked up for? Um, oh, you, well, you name it. It's a Everything? litany of things. It's Drunk generally driving, people that are being picked up for the not same... Not using their blinker? Uh, yes. It's generally people that are being picked up for uh, some crime, and then they find out that they're not here legally. They don't have their ID on them, and and they get hauled over to the, the ice holding facility, which is over here in Conroe. And they have it... Um, uh, uh, on it has got, you know, it's got the driver's license place and then the next if you drive down that street, down that to that dead end, you're going to see the taxidermy place. And then there's the Montgomery County Jail, and the next one, I is think that is... that where the
1: crime lab is back yeah, there? Yeah, the crime lab's mm-hmm. on the other side
2: of the street, all that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like um, Law Alley as you drive yeah, down. You've got is. DPS, and then you've got the county, and then you drive a little further, and you've got the Montgomery County Mental Health Facility, and you've got the juvenile. It's all In right the jail. down there, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but if you go a little bit further, you get to the federal. <laughs> the federal is uh, the, the Joe Carley Detention Center for... That, uh, federal uh, p- people that are being detained for a number of reasons. It's not just immigration. In fact, it's primarily other than immigration. It's a federal uh, charge breach. They're being held because they're waiting for trial, or they're being held because they're uh, that's where they're going to do their time, or they're getting ready to be transferred to a, um, a federal detention area. And um, so the uh, if you go all the way to the end, that's the new... Uh, I, I, what do they call it? It's the Montgomery County Processing Center, but it's the ICE facility. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're still using the ICE facility that's over there by the airport. But I don't know that for sure because i have never been down there. I'm always over here at this the the ICE uh, the new one they built. Beautiful, a beautiful facility. It's new. It's got courts. Uh, it's it's clean. I, I just I really like the whole layout. Whoever designed it did a really good job. So anyway, when you go in there, you got to go through the metal detector and all that stuff, and you go up to the the hearing area and attorneys can't watch other attorneys and even family can't watch. If you come down there to watch your, your loved one that maybe shouldn't even be in the ice-holding facility, maybe they were here, they've got a visa and they were improperly taken in, but this is your chance to get that out, right? And so um, uh, when you go in, you have to actually have to wait as an attorney in a another kind of holding area, it's not kind of; it is a holding area uh, where you do your filing and what have you. Um, and there's all these doors. It's like get smart. You're locked in as you go. You've got to have one of the ICE facility people to uh, unlock it and let you out. So you finally get in there, and there's only enough room for like four attorneys because it's so. There's so many immigrants waiting to be processed for their bond hearing to come up. Okay, so you get in there, and we were talking about this earlier today. It's kind of funny. Uh, The more you watch, the more you can kind of see what flies and what doesn't. And there's the same, um, you know, federal immigration judges. You know, it's just like any other court. You've got judges that are on the bench, and they're hearing it, but you get used to them because you see them ruling a certain way all the time. And um, so uh, I went in, and the the reason I'm saying this is because it's twofold. One is that you go in there, and they've got this propensity uh, of – Using only letters and uh, code chapter numbers to reference what they're talking about and what what they're ordering, which is so frustrating because um, you know I'm like someone that knows Spanish, but I, I I know Spanish by the book and I should know better, but I I'm learning it because I'm being exposed to a lot more with all my my immigration clients. But uh, you go in there and if you don't hear the lingo on how what's commonly used, you really don't know what's going on, and I have to stop all the time and to say okay what does ewi stand for what does what is a chapter 42a all that you you can't you you can hear the facts but you can't tell what the result is because they're using it in code oh gosh. and and i'm going to make a a public request to all you know immigration courts and any other court for that matter that use uh, the three letters to reference things to please use plain english <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. i have no idea i know that ewi stands for entry without Identification. Why do they just say that they got stopped at the border? They didn't have an ID on them. Instead, it's just like that. What is that? Uh, the, the DOP or uh, D-O-E-P. Yeah, the D-O-E-P. That. What What is that for again? I, it's, it's a drug it's, optional
1: it's, something. Yeah, I just read it the other day, but I can never remember never what, it, remember stands what it, stands it stands for. But you know, because you hear it <clears> enough, that's
2: what it is. It's a drug testing deal. So, but I will say this, and it's the last thing I want to say about the immigration stuff. When these people get up there, uh, attorneys and people like because they don't have attorneys, a lot of them are representing themselves, which is really bad because they're not even citizens. Um, but uh, if, you know, honesty, they get bonds. People get bonds a, a lot if they're not here legally. It's almost bad because they're crossing the border, getting thrown in the clink. And it's like now um, you, they always say, I want to be there up, you know, for asylum or I want to get a bond. Um, it's kind of frustrating because the people that are coming through legally or the people that are asking them to come through legally are now being pushed to the back of the line. But these people are getting a bond and they're here and now they can stay until their next hearing. Well, that that's kind of not really where I was going down, What the rabbit trail I am going down here. Um, the... If you're talking to the, uh, in any court setting, to a judge and you're asked a question and you don't know the answer, but you think if maybe you bend the truth a little bit or you think your attorney wants you to say this or whatever it may be, if you bend the truth or, or you don't know but you want to answer because you want to make it your people pleaser, I want you to, to get that little conscience in your that's in your heart or in your head and remember to say nothing, speaking to somebody that always says too much. Um, say no, say I don't know, or say nothing at all unless they they say you've got to answer that, you know, the jury, this is not something that you can say nothing to. And the judge will let you know, I want an answer. He did that yesterday with another, he said, I need an answer. Neither the attorney nor the guy wanted to answer it, because they didn't know what the right answer would be. The right answer, we're going to take this from President Clinton, is I don't know. I don't recall. (laughs) So don't lock yourself into a box, because there was a guy there yesterday, and he had a Criminal. Uh, he had been here for like 20 years. He had a visa, but he's getting his, G- his visa yanked because he was stopped for possession of cocaine in a club. And it was still. He was going to get his bond. There's no question about that because he, he didn't have any criminal history. and had a good job. Everything was great. He was going forward. He was. Just, he was there with his high-priced attorney just to get a bond so he could get out and go fight his case. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. Um. And if you've got a case even on appeal, that's not considered a conviction. So remember that too. People that go into court uh, having an appeal. Uh, opened is is a good thing. So you want to keep fighting for your rights if you are truly innocent or whatever the case may be. So um, what did, what did this guy did he put so his this foot guy, in his mouth? The, the judge said, "Well, tell me about it." It was such a casual conversation between the government prosecutor and the judge mm-hmm. and this guy who had who had a translator. I don't know why he didn't speak English after being here twenty years, but whatever. Um, he was uh, so he'd have no
1: excuse
2: when they threw him back in jail. Well, the bottom line was he had told them his his canned <laughs> response was. Hey, you know we went to the we went to a club. This guy was kind of acting crazy, and he said, "Here, can you hold this for me?" And then the there was a raid, and the the police came in, and I had you know like two ounces of cocaine in in my pocket, and of course that's far fetched, that's baloney, but. On the other hand, he wasn't guilty yet, and this had not been tried in that court. They didn't have the facts to try that case. Mm -hmm. This was to get him a bond so he could get out, right? Right. But they kept asking him questions, and he went on, instead of saying, I don't know, I don't remember, I want to take the fifth, you know, whatever. whatever, It's really hard to take a fifth in a bond hearing because it's not a criminal setting, so it's a little bit different. But he should have said, "Uh, I don't know. If he didn't want to lie and he really had cocaine on him, he should have said, I don't remember, or I don't know, or you know, just said, uh, said anything but that. Instead, he said, well, yeah, he handed me the cocaine. And so the judge says, well, you have possession, and I don't know criminal laws, but uh, since you had possession, and I think that's what that means, I'm going to deny your bond. So this guy that's been here for 20 years has now been a denied a bond because he said too much. He shouldn't yeah. have said, I don't know. Yeah. or His attorney wasn't like, <clears throat> his attorney didn't vet him and tell him, only say, you're. we're going to talk about your case, and this is what... I don't want you to lie, but these—this is not the court that's trying this case. So this is what I need you to think about, right? Right. And instead, he was just sort of like da 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 da. So, bottom line is, don't say too much. Listen to your attorney. If in doubt,
1: say nothing. And attorney, talk to your clients. Okay, Tony, we're going to take a quick break, and we're here just talking about different kinds of laws and immigration court. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back.
2: Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5,
0: 106.1. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture learning about how food is grown and produced, and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better.
1: Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Five's with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Buys with Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM, or worldwide at IRLoneStar.com.
0: Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first podcast youtube channel and be on tv contact lone star community radio online at irlonestar.com, or call the station message line at 936-647-3776
1: welcome back to the legal connection with tony and cheryl tony was just telling us about immigration court wow tony that's sounds unbelievable so I think this is an interesting new law. It's effective immediately. SB 306 expands the ability of officers to release individuals who are publicly intoxicated in lieu of arresting them. Mm-hmm. They should do that all the time anyway, but okay. it, Yeah, it brings up so many questions. The mm-hmm. fact I that mean, they I've had to make a trial for in this in JP court on but I can't
2: uh, unbelievable. We actually went to trial these really rich people from Dallas were at the Woodland Center after a concert and the uh, I guess. Well, the- wait, wait.
1: Tell us that story, but okay. let me read this okay. first, mm-hmm. okay? Because I want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> expands the ability of officers to uh-huh. release individuals uh-huh. who are publicly intoxicated in lieu of arresting them. Uh-huh. In addition to releasing them to a responsible adult or substance abuse program, uh-huh. officers may now release them to a facility to sober up under oh, supervision. a sober so, facility. So... Now, what were you saying about this? I mean, this law brings up so many things in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: uh, first off, it's a Class C misdemeanor if you're public intoxicated. That doesn't mean you can't, it's not driving. You are simply out in public and you are intoxicated. That is a crime, a Class C. And typically... And public uh, is not your backyard. Right. Public is, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of women that get in fights with their, their spouses or their boyfriends or, you know, cat fights, basically two women are involved and they're outside of a bar. That's that's when these, th- these public intoxication right. arrests take place because right. they're really trying to charge him with something lower than um uh, than, uh, uh, something or. that's in the misdemeanor court they're keeping him a jp and making it in a class c ticket kind of thing so mm-hmm. they're trying to be nice but they're trying to keep them separated but that's not what happened in this particular case if uh, the way though and i know all about it because i've done i actually did a trial you you do not do trials on class c tickets generally you, you did
1: a trial for public intoxication yes for
2: two rich people from dallas oh, okay so that's a, that's a funny story i'm from dallas and, um, uh, and they were here, and they were they were mad, and they were like we want to draw and so I'm like okay fine, uh, you know pay me what you can, and, and then these rich people didn't end up paying me to get to all. I, 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 I'm, it's like Tony, when,
1: you have got to get that money up front, you yeah. need to hire me as your business it's manager. Like pizza
2: delivery though. P- they, they give me the story all the time because I, I always talk to pizza. You know, surprise, surprise. When people deliver my pizza, I talk to them about their job. And, um, so, uh, if they say that you get really big tips from people that don't have that much money and you'll have a really rich area and they don't tip you at all. Yeah. Like my son used to deliver pizza when he was much younger at, um, the medical center, and he said that it was just a hassle because you had to park outside the hospital. And oh, get yeah. Up there and he goes, in the River Oaks area, not the River Oaks, it was the West U area, mm-hmm. same same. general medical center, you know, rich, big, luscious, old houses, mm-hmm. the old money. Mm-hmm. He goes, those people just don't tip. That's He said, ridiculous. it's crazy. It's so much work. But then you'll go to a kind of a middle class or a lower middle class where you know these people are hardworking working People blue they collar, your hard and they work. pay big tips. No, he said, no. You just can't, it's just like the juries, you just don't know what you're gonna get. So, what happened evening. with this right, people? So, from what Dallas. happened um, is with a class C, generally, you can be released to somebody that's there, and particularly if you're at a hotel, you'd be released to the concierge, it was especially the Woodlands Resort, an expensive hotel where people, even in town, go to vacation just on their weekends, what have you. So, they were staying at the Woodlands Resort, they came to some. Some concert, I can't remember what the concert was, but it was a it was a high dollar concert. They were dressed to the nines, they owned you know several large companies up in the Dallas area. And uh, I hear from the I was used to be a landman of the with the company I worked for, the guy said, Hey, hey Tony. Um I, I was working contract for him and doing, you know, some trials and what have you. He said, Hey, my brother's got some problems over here. Can you look at it? And I'm like, and this is when I was still living in Houston. I'm like, Oh, Montgomery County, please don't make me drive up there and do that. I'm like, Well, okay, fine. And so I was like, Oh, this is no problem. The guy they went to the concert and they were walking across the um I guess when you go from the Cynthia Woods Pavilion, there's a walkway over to the Woodlands Resort. And they were walking to this, uh, wherever they were, they were going across a bridge. And there was a, basically a mall cop. And my client was singing one of the tunes from the deal. And uh, granted, this guy is, uh, I'm sure he will not deny this and nobody would. He's pretty obnoxious. He's He's in your face. And can you imagine, not when he's sober, when he's drunk, he is loud. He's one of these loud, drunk so people. So he
1: was drunk and He singing? was
2: absolutely drunk. There's no question about that. But okay. he was not drunk out of control. He was just singing loud. He wasn't so drunk that he was falling down. He was drunk,
1: happy, and just yeah, being happy in himself. You shouldn't be able to arrest people because they're obnoxious or they get on your nerves. Well, he was
2: being happy, but it, he was not being obnoxious with this group. But this officer thought he was because he must have said something like, he must have said mall cop. He must have said something that is... Insulted yeah. this officer because Bart, he immediately w- Bart.
1: What's that yeah, I forgot what the movie was, yes. but he he upset
2: him, and so he came over the group, and he ended up um, arresting this very well off guy and his wife, and they missed their chartered flight back to Dallas uh, because they were in jail in Montgomery County. They couldn't get a bond. I mean, because they were walking, they got arrested close for public intoxication over to their Woodlands Resort deal. There was a bunch of people in the group, and this guy was mad, and police have a lot of authority, and um, he said, "If you if you don't start behaving, you're going to get a an a, a assault of a public servant on top of it." And I think they did. And I think I got that dismissed. It was just bad. He made this guy mad. So uh, there's another word of wisdom: Do not make uh, law officers that are that have a uh, that are in charge of the situation mad, because they can do whatever pretty much they want. And so um and they do. Um, Don't negotiate with them, particularly if you're drunk. And so this guy went over there, and he was this obnoxious, kind of pompous guy, and used to people doing what he wants to do, because he had plenty of money, and would go down and didn't mind talking about it. Uh, We ended up going to, we couldn't get a plea negotiation, we ended up going to trial um, in J.P. Court over there uh, off of Lakefront, and... um, uh, that it was when Edie Connolly was still the judge over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe this may be the case for all jury trials in J.P. Court, but I'm not sure. We got a, a, a. It was a court without record. At least in her court, she would not allow you to have a court reporter, a a, a to have it. You know, you can swear in if you're a notary and have it recorded, and that's that's still under oath. You're under oath, but you cannot record it. And I thought it might have been because she didn't want to show that she made any errors, any rulings. But if you don't have a record then you can't appeal on the record. So you just appeal, you know, and you just have a brand new trial, which is the way it's probably, pretty much going to go anyway yeah. for a J.P. court. And yeah. so the, the the wife won. The jury uh, <coughs> The jury said, well, we don't think that she was intoxicated. They should have arrested her. And then the jury <coughs> said, no, we think he was intoxicated. And part of that was because he demanded, and I had no control over this guy. It was bad when I was client control. I said, you don't want to be uh, kind of pompous and loud because you're going to turn the jury off because these are not – all, you know, multimillionaires, and they're not used to your kind of loud, out-there personality. I said, I just, I, I, I usually don't tell my clients this, but in your case, tell the truth, but you're going to have to tone it down about, you know, 100 notches and, and not be so self-righteous about them arresting you, right? Because he was mad because they arrested him, and they didn't have to arrest him.
1: Well, they didn't have to, and I don't blame him. I was him. mad too, yeah. but he, what he
2: did was he got up there, and he got down on his hands and knees, and he was barking like a dog what
1: in the court in front of the jury why was he doing that because he was showing him what he did was he was walking across the woodway thing and he said
2: Uh (laughs) he was barking like a dog and and the jury was like no he was drunk you Uh should and I was like no no jury this is how he normally is Uh and so anyway we lost him we were going to appeal it but um but What should have happened, though, in the reality was they should have gone, they should have, the officers should have, Walked him if he really thought that that group because if the reason they arrest you is like you're working, walking down a railroad track you know you don't want to step in front you're of the, the train. You're going to hurt. If you, if it's, it's because it's for your own be. safety that you're putting yeah. you in jail with a classy misdemeanor. Right. And there wasn't a safety issue here. He was in a high dollar resort with a group of friends. He was coming. It, there was no. He wasn't going to hurt himself mm-hmm. even on the ground barking like a dog. Yeah. So um yeah the jury did not look kindly upon that and I tried to like do my work my magic but there's only so much you can do when somebody. Well, gets Would you predator, remember doesn't.
1: what happened to the guy? What was the sentence? well we uh, we went. And
2: we, um, well, I mean, it, Class C, it's just a fine. We're not going. You're not getting a jail sentence. They already got a jail sentence. And they was waived because he did his time, and mm-hmm. so it was just the principal. Mm-hmm. And so we, he wanted to sue um, the Woodlands uh, Resort. I don't think it was called that back then. It was something else, uh, but it was still the same. It was still that same area. Um, he wanted to sue them for you know pain and suffering and all this other stuff. And I was like, that is when I learned because he didn't pay me for the first trial. I was like, uh, no. I said upfront that trial that I can't even guarantee. You're like, if it's this kind of money, you should be able to guarantee it. I'm going to go to raise hard things. like, I don't think he's alive anymore, but go for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, various other things he was saying. But um, we ended up appealing it to the uh, Montgomery County uh, County Court, and, uh, and then we didn't go forward because he wouldn't pay me. He wouldn't give me anything to go forward with the trial. It's like, you're going to probably lose this if you do anything close to what you did before. And the wife was also kind of pompous and sort of a – uh, you know, uh, what do you call the Gilligan's Island, a, a kind of a Lovey Ginger, kind of way. Oh, Lovey, yeah. yeah. She, but everyone loves Lovey, but yeah. she was also sort of, you know, kind of snotty rich, and she wasn't doing well in front of the jury. So, anyway, that was my story. Of public intoxication, there should not be arrest. and But don't piss off the officer that can arrest you because he still can arrest you.
1: Well, and, and officer, don't get so pissed off, you know. I mean...
2: Well, I mean, if you have a, if there's a conflict and somebody's got more authority than you, particularly somebody that yeah, may have become submit. an officer because That's they right. didn't get authority, yeah. and he's a mall cop, then you're more than likely going to get arrested if you rub him the wrong way and you're not nice. Yeah. Uh, so I think the bottom line is to be polite to people yeah. in general all the time. Right. Because if my guy had just been nice and not about so pompous, pompous, right. um, that would have been a slap on the wrist and he would have walked home and you know, walked over to his resort and all that stuff didn't happen. All right, so how many more minutes do we have left in the show? We have about one. Oh my gosh, and we were gonna to get to gun questions. All right, I'm gonna ask you this one question then because I thought this, was, I was surprised by the answer. How long is the waiting period to buy a handgun, shotgun, or rifle in Three Texas? Three days. What do you think? Oh, yes. Station Manager Dick. What? How long is the waiting period to buy a handgun, shotgun, or rifle in Texas?
0: I imagine it's like 90 days or 30 days. There's no waiting period.
2: Oh, that was a trick question. Yes. Okay, I just moved to Texas. Do I have to register my firearms? Yes or no? No. No. You're right. Both of you know no registration for firearms in Texas. Ooh. I just inherited, bought a gun from someone in Texas. Do I need to transfer the gun to my name?
0: It's better uh, to. But yeah, yeah. I don't think not. you have They're to, but not you can.
2: No, there is no state registration, so how do you? Do, if there's oh. no registration, so thus there is no requirement to transfer the firearm in your name. Last question: What is required to purchase firearm in the state of Texas?
1: Three day waiting period and background check. No, oh, we just said there's no waiting period. Oh, there's no
2: waiting period. Well, there is for some firearms, because I, that was a, that's a quick question. Okay, the answer is you will need a valid state-issued ID. Um, many uh, firearms dealers will not sell to out-of-state residents. This is due to um, the
1: Tony, FLLs. that answer's too long. We ran out of time. Okay. Hey, right. guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, you can catch us next week. We want to remind you to serve God by serving others. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.